Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, guys. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, you are going to be getting me just me solo. I have um, an important topic that I want to discuss with you guys about some personal revelations that I recently discovered um, in terms of my own health and also how this pertains to our consuming um, habits along with mental health. And um, it is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as many of you know, I um, am 100% committed to really focusing on helping individuals restore their mental health because nutrition plays such a key role in the way that we feel and the way that we think. And, um, and also just, you know, in our behaviors in general. So I, I feel like this is a very, very important topic that needs to be discussed. And my hope is, is that by the end of this episode, um, it will at least get you thinking a little bit differently in terms of the way that you're spending money and why and how it is um, not only impacting you specifically, your physical, but also your mental health. Um, So anyway, I just want to kind of dive in and... um, talk about microbiota and the effect on our mental health. So I recently um, had a fecal test done. And so I collected a stool sample and had it sent to a lab to be evaluated for, you know, um, the health of the microbiome in my gut. And I like to think that I have a pretty healthy diet. I eat um, a variety of different foods, really focusing on making sure that I consume adequate produce in my diet, specifically purchasing a lot of organic produce, um, especially the, you know, the dirty dozen. Um, Those are things that I consume pretty frequently. So I know the importance of needing to choose that organically to help reduce the amount of toxins that are getting in my body because the toxins are poison and poison impacts the integrity of our digestive tract, specifically the permeability. It allows for things to, um, you know, when we're eating a lot of conventional uh, processed foods and refined processed foods that have a lot of sugar and white flour in them. One thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration is that these white flours and white sugar, they have been bleached. And I don't know about you, but I know that anytime I've ever done a load of laundry where I have treated something with bleach, and if it has gotten on anything else, it erodes, it eats away, it destroys. And so we have to take into consideration how these chemicals are impacting the um, mucosal lining in our digestive tract from, you know, our mouth, our taste buds, all the way down to the rectum. 
we have a prevalence, like a major, major prevalence of um, digestive disorders in the United States. We have continued um, increase with food sensitivities and food intolerances. Personally, I don't believe that it is um, the actual wheat protein that is causing the problems. I think that the genetic modification and the um, chemicals that treat these foods in order to harvest them um, are really the culprits that we are at war with. And so anyway, I was really curious to see, you know, what was going on in my own body. And um, so I took a test and I got the results back. And to be perfectly honest with you, I felt 100% defeated. I was like, what in the seriously, what is going on? Um, so I look at the results and I had a lot of great healthy bacteria, but in terms of like all of the bacteria that we want to support our health, um, I, I had really low levels of many of those and I don't partake in drinking a lot of alcohol. I don't take any pharmaceutical or antibiotic type medications. I don't even use Tylenol or any of the over-counter products. I, I really avoid putting anything in my body um, that isn't necessary. And as a result of that, I have a rather strong immune system and it's not often that I truly get sick. Um, which is awesome, right? But I was curious, you know, I have had a struggle with um, some depression, depression, and there have been times in my life where I have struggled with suicidal ideologies. And when I started to feel off, I knew that I needed to evaluate and look into the biometrics, what was going on with vitamins and minerals, what was going on with thyroid function. And um, once I was able to address those root causes, it definitely improved my mental health. About 90% of mental health disorders diagnosed in the United States are actually nutritional deficiencies that have not been defined. And so it can be very defeating for individuals because they start to lose motivation. They find themselves losing interest in the things that they used to love and just kind of wanting to lay around a lot and not really partake in social activities or any kind of creative endeavors. And we really just start to lose our will for life. And so typically by the time that, you know, we recognize that it is a problem and go to the doctor, the doctor usually just states, hey, it sounds like you're depressed or you have anxiety, um, you're bipolar, you have schizophrenia, you have autism. Um, and as a result of that, there's usually you know, a medication that is prescribed. The doctors typically do not say, hey, let's do a nutrient evaluation and see where vitamin D is and your B vitamins and you know, zinc and da 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 da. And it's no fault on theirs. Unfortunately, doctors just don't really have the education when it comes to nutrition. They're really educated on how to treat disease with the use of pharmacological agents. 
And unfortunately with these pharmacological agents, um, they have what are called side effects. And these, these aren't really necessarily side effects, they're direct impacts from taking the medication. But unfortunately, um, you know, they, they deem these or term these as side effects because they weren't the intention of the development and use of the medication. However, the human body is a symbiotic um, mechanism that works in coordination with all of the organs. So when you're taking these pharmacological agents, they can't just directly go to one part of the body, it gets distributed in the bloodstream and then it goes everywhere. And as a result of that, there can be a lot of negative impacts from taking that medication that then create more problems that require more medication. And many of you know how the story goes. So my point of this is, is that, you know, if we start taking medications for our mental health and six months into it, we aren't seeing any improvement, it can be really defeating. It kind of supports that story of being the victim and um, not being worthy and deserving of living our best lives. And so it keeps us really stuck in that negative feedback loop in terms of healing and we become defeated. And as a result, you know, um, our health, our physical health is definitely one of those um, things that starts to go down along with further mental health decline. So the whole point of me sharing this with you is it really got me thinking like, what, where is the problem? Okay. So I look at these results of my microbiome and I'm looking at the recommendations from the company that I did the test with. And they suggest that there are specific food items specifically in the produce arena that I should be consuming on a frequent, if not daily basis. So I'm looking at all these food recommendations and I'm going, huh, this is interesting. I pretty much eat all of these foods most daily, if not daily, at least multiple times throughout a week. And um, if this is what my gut health results look like, then what do other people's look like? You know, where, where are we really at as a collective here? And so I'm looking at these food items and I'm cross-referencing, okay, you know, majority of these I consume organically. Okay, well, if I'm consuming these organically and these are supposed to be the prebiotics that are feeding the probiotics in my own body, then where is the problem? Where, what is happening here that is causing this dysbiosa? And, um, what it got me thinking is, you know, with a lot of the organic practices that we have currently today, um, it's changed a lot in the last 30 years. I believe in 2007 was when I really started doing research on organic farming practices and the differences between what they were doing and what conventional farming was, you know, what they were using. And over the last, let's see, let's just call it 15 years, 
Um, there's been a lot of changes. Consumers have wisened up, they've done their research, they've, you know, recognized that there are benefits to eating organic foods. And as a result of that, it's created more of a demand. And with that demand, it's created larger farming practices. And so what I think is going on here is that because many of these organic farms that are offering us our choices at the grocery store, they are large scale practices. They're, they're farming, you know, they're large farms that are growing one type of food item just over and over and over. And so ultimately they have depleted the soil of its natural nutrients as well as the bacteria that should be populating that soil to help feed the produce, the things that we need to keep our human body healthy. Um, you know, back when I was doing research around organic farming, um, these were small farms. They weren't large scale farms. They were family owned, small individual um, plots that were crop rotating. They were rotating the crops. They weren't just growing one type of food item. They had animals out in the pasture that were, you know, um, taking poops and replenishing the soil with the microbiome that is necessary in order to nourish the produce to help nourish our human bodies. Also, we've had um, just this ridiculous scare of germs. And so everywhere you go, there is antibacterial soap, everything is, you know, antibacterial, antibacterial. And Unfortunately, our human bodies are made of 50 trillion microbiome. We are a community of bacteria. We like to think of ourselves as just an individual, but the truth is we're cohabitating with all of this bacteria. And these bacteria, they play a huge role in communication between the central nervous system and our gut. So this is, you know, there's a, I like to call it the highway, the highway that allows for this communication to happen is the gut brain access. And there's been a lot of increasing evidence over the last many years, um, really addressing the association between what's happening in our gut with our microbiota and the gastrointestinal intestinal and extra gastrointestinal intestine diseases. So dysbiosis and inflammation of the gut have been linked to causing several mental illnesses, including like this is not limited to, these are just a few, as I mentioned earlier, um, anxiety and depression, which is so prevalent in our society today. I mean, I honestly don't think I have a conversation with anyone who doesn't claim that they are suffering from some degree of anxiety. I think uh, the, the most recent statistic I read was there's over 40 million Americans who are suffering from anxiety and on medications to help manage that. 
we really, really have a problem here. And there is a lot that we can do. We just have to start thinking differently about the approach we're taking. And in my opinion, I think that we really need to think about our consuming practices. We really need to get back to basics. We need to start supporting the local farmers in our area that still have integrity and are crop rotating and allowing for animals to defecate in their fields to help enrich in the soil. Um, these are necessary things for our survival. Our mental health plays such a huge role on our physical health. People say all the time that they have ruminating thoughts and you know, majority of these thoughts that we're having are disempowering, negative. We are basically consumed with fear and panic. And we have to let go of that because it's not serving us. It's only working against us. And another thing that I want to bring into consideration around mental health and our diet, when we are connecting, when we're, when we're associating with a lot of unfavorable emotional symptoms, let's call it panic, fear, anxiety, depression, anger, uncertainty, these are, these are like debilitating emotions that are very low vibrational frequency. And for those of you who are familiar with me and my work, you know that I talk about energy all the time because we have to address it. Everything is energy. Even though we see these physical bodies and these physical things in our reality, there is a quantum field that exists within and around us. And this quantum energy interacts with everything, everything. And so when we're in these low vibrational emotional states, these are actually contributing to our biochemistry, what's happening with the physiology inside our body. When we are in these you know, uh, perceived low vibrational emotional frequencies, our brain perceives this as a threat. And when that threat is perceived, it stimulates a central nervous system response. And we basically go into a fight or flight. And many of us are in this chronically, and we don't know how to get out of it. And so when we're in this fight or flight central nervous system response, the purpose is so that we can literally survive in that moment. We have to either fight or flee from something. And so we are releasing neurochemicals. We're releasing hormones and neurotransmitters into our bloodstream that is changing the chemistry in order to prepare ourselves for protection. And as a result of this, it creates a more acidic blood. So the blood becomes more acidic. And when the blood becomes more acidic, this is very life-threatening at a long-term, um, like long-term impact. Okay. So if we're in a chronic stress state 
and we have these ruminating thoughts that are disempowering, negative, our brain is perceiving that we're constantly under attack. And therefore we're having long periods of being in this fight or flight mode. And so the blood becomes acidic, which then threatens our brain, our heart, our lungs. And so our body is literally allocating all of its resources just to neutralize the pH of our blood, pulling minerals out of our bones, using up all of our vitamin C, our zinc, which these things are so essential to our immune system function. It's contributing to chronic inflammation that um, is then in return, uh, you know, all of this is really making a favorable state for chronic disease to start taking over. And so these metabolic acids that get produced when we're in these low vibrational emotional states from survival attempt, they get lodged into the mitochondria of our cell where it creates disruption of positives and negatives. And so we have, we should have energy flow that is very free and it goes up and around and up and around and up and around into that bio energy field. But when we have these blockages from all of these metabolic acids that are getting trapped, we have disruption of that energy flow. And then we have inflammation that's contributing. So we've got a lot of things that are happening that are literally putting us in a favorable position for chronic disease to uh, start creeping in. And unfortunately, with our conventional practices, we have been taught that the body is a machine and we compartmentalize it. We go to a cardiovascular doctor, we go to a gastrointestinal doctor, we go to a neuro doctor, we go to um, a endo endocrinologist to talk about our diabetes or our thyroid function. And the truth is, is that, you know, with um, a lot of this bacteria that is linked to our central nervous system function, they are parts, they are literally core components of our hormones, neurotransmitter and immunological factors that are released from the gut and are known to send signals to our brain via the automatic nervous system, which is that central nervous and parasympathetic nervous system. Now I want you to remember the central nervous system is the fight or flight. The parasympathetic nervous system is our rest and digest. So if we're in a chronic perceived state of, of stress, we aren't going to be able to digest our food efficiently. And many people, you know, when I'm doing evaluations and they're talking to me about their symptoms and saying, you know, I think I have a lot of food intolerances, my stomach hurts every time I eat. Um, they, they always think that, you know, it's the food that's contributing to this problem, but I want to, I want to, I want to challenge you. And I want you to think about it a little differently. Most of us are mindlessly eating. We're not being mindful. We're eating on the go. We're eating at our desk while we're responding to emails or trying to do conferences, 
We are um, eating in the car in between things. We're standing at the counter in the kitchen, trying to throw food down our throat. And so most of us are not mechanically digesting our food to begin with. We're not properly chewing it to break it down into small, small particles so that it can be properly digested. And then most of us, because we have been in a chronic state of stress, we have a disruption of the hydrochloric acid pH in our stomach juice. And therefore we don't have the ability to kill off the bad bacteria efficiently. We don't have the ability to start digesting and breaking down proteins and methylating important vitamins like the B vitamins that are essential for our mental health. So we've already missed out on major components of the digestive process. So the food travels down into the small intestine where it now is a large particle of food that hasn't been mechanically digested and we can't do anything with it. It's going to sit there in the digestive tract and this allows for an opportunity for the bacteria in our small intestine to start fermenting this food and using it as a energy source. So then with all of the inflammation that we have from all of the chemicals that we're putting into our body from our convenience foods, this is only inhibiting the, the permeability of our health even, even further, which is then gonna allow for gaps to develop in the microbiome, in the uh, mucosal lining of our digestive tract that allows for bad things to get into our blood system that should not be there. We have heavy metals that are getting into our blood and then crossing into the blood brain barrier, contributing to, you know, disruption of our cognitive function, our mental and emotional regulation. We have um, bacteria that's getting into the bloodstream. 70% of our immune system lies within the GI tract. It is literally our first line of defense. And then we also have, um, you know, parasites and chemicals, food coloring, all of these things that are getting into the bloodstream that are then triggering an immune system response. And if our immune system is weakened because we are in a constant perceived state of stress, this is going to wreak havoc, not only on our physical health, but our mental health. And so we really have to take into perspective what our nutrition practices actually look like and how they are playing a role with our mental health and our physical health. You know, when it comes to chronic disease, only 1% of genetics play a role in the likeliness of us developing a chronic disease. 99% of it is coming from the environment. It's coming from our perception of what is happening in the environment. So we truly are not victims of our genetics, but we've been led to believe otherwise. Okay, and this is where it really helps to support the idea of taking pharmacological agents as ways to protect our health from these genetic increases of chronic disease, but it's bullshit. 
doesn't work that way. So back in the day when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune kidney disease, yes, there was a genetic factor. Um, most likely I inherited this genetic mutation from my father's bloodline, which um, had Native American, Cherokee, Indian blood. And when I was doing research, I discovered that in Native Americans, this disease is much more prevalent than the rest of other ethnicities. However, it tends to be more prevalent in males than it does females. So I was, you know, one of the lucky few that inherited this genetic mutation. But I cannot dismiss that at that time, my environment was shit. I was regularly using a lot of recreational drugs. I was doing crystal meth. I would go days without drinking water. I, if I did drink, it was Mountain Dew. When I did eat, it was, you know, crap food like cheery, um, not Cheetos and Little Debbie snacks, um, any kind of candy I could get my hands on. Um, fast food, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box tacos, you know, these, these were the, the, the norm. And the truth is, is that as a very young girl, I was addicted to sugar. I would hide in my pantry and I would just eat white sugar out of the five pound bag with a spoon. I put sugar on everything. I was extremely addicted to sugar. Now, I also complained of having constant stomach aches. You know, I was always sick and we would go to the doctor and they would say that they couldn't find anything, that it was in my head. Um, I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression at a very early age. I believe I started taking medication around the age of 11, 12 for the depression and anxiety that I experienced. Um, I would, uh, you know, I hated life. I, it was terrible. And so by the time I was 15, that's when I really started embracing drugs. I just wanted to check out, you know, what was the point? Life was chaos. And, um, that really put me in a position that allowed for this, kidney disease, kidney disease to become a thing. Um, my doctors told me that nutrition would not help me. Lifestyle changes would not help me that I was looking at five years and I would need dialysis or transplant. I could not get health insurance. And to be perfectly honest, it was a blessing in disguise because I can only imagine where I might be if I would have had the, the false comfort of believing that the medical system was going to save me and going to take care of me. And so because I didn't have that luxury, I had to empower myself and I had to go to the library. I had to start reading books and looking at research to figure a way for me to stay alive and not have to be on dialysis or need a transplant. Um, and, you know, we can fast forward 27 years have gone by since that diagnosis. And I have bought quality years on my life. I went 26 of those years without having any 
access to health insurance. I did not get sick often. Um, I was very fortunate that I really leaned into the environmental practices in order to claim my health and be a sovereign health being. Um, I didn't hand my power over. I chose to empower myself through behavior change. We have so much potential, but we give our power over all of the time. We are so blindly trusting that what's happening in our society and in our cultural norms are going to protect us, that they have our best interest at heart. But the truth is they don't. It really boils down to us having broken systems that really only care about the profit margin. And as Americans, the biggest thing that we have to offer to our society, and most importantly, the economy, is the fact that we are consumers and we consume everything. We consume recreational drugs, we consume alcohol, we consume pharmacological medications, we consume conventional medical practices, we consume media, we consume social media. We're constantly consuming something and that's where our value is. And if we are to take into consideration how our consuming behaviors are contributing to these broken systems, we can empower ourselves to start creating change, but it has to start at an individual and a local level. That's how we create large scale change. I hear so often from people, well, Heather, what can I do? I'm just one person. Well, the truth is you can do a lot just being one person. You can educate yourself. You can use discernment when making decisions around your health and well-being. You can start choosing to allocate your resources in a sustainable way that's going to help protect not only your physical and mental health, but most importantly, the planet's health, the, you know, the environment and what's happening at an environmental level, we're really in trouble, you guys. And we have to start thinking differently about what we're doing because it's not working. And so this whole fecal test that I had done really allowed an opportunity for me to sit back and evaluate where I play a role in all of this at an individual level and how I can start making changes with my consuming practices. You know, I get so frustrated because yes, spending money organically can be expensive. Um, we can eat healthy on a budget. It can be done. I am living proof of that. And I share it with my clients all the time, but there's nothing more frustrating than taking your hard earned money, allocating it towards organic produce, getting that produce home and it having no flavor. Like it tastes like shit. It can sit on the counter and not rot. Something is wrong. These foods should have flavor and these foods should go bad rather quickly. So 
We're not being told something. We're blindly trusting. And we've got to take our health back into our own hands. And I have vowed to myself that I am going to have to make an effort at researching where the local farms in my area are, visiting the local farmers markets, and even growing some of my own stuff as well. Um, I'm going to have to take more responsibility because it's coming at the cost of my physical well-being, my mental well-being, and the quality that I've bought over the last 27 years is priceless. And longevity and vitality are truly where I want to invest. And so I know that I'm going to do everything I can to ensure that I'm setting myself up for success. And so that's going to require me to have to start allocating my time, my energy, and my financial resources at a smaller scale. I'm going to have to assume responsibility instead of being lazy and just running to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods to pick up one, you know, one stop shop. I am going to have to make more of an effort at leaning into the seasonal foods that are available and purchasing them from my local farmers who still have integrity and doing things on a much smaller scale to help support the microbiome. I realize I never finished talking about energy and our vibrational frequency in terms of the emotions that we, that emotional state. So I hear often from people, you know, that when they're in those lower emotional vibrations, that they crave refined processed foods, they crave high sugar, convenience foods. And the reason that we're craving these foods is because of all of that energetic disruption at a mitochondria level in our cell. That's the powerhouse of the cell. That's where the DNA, that's where ATP is produced. It's off balance and it's craving a vibrational match. So if we're in those lower emotional frequencies, then it's going to be a lot more challenging to overhaul our, our diet and start eating healthy all at one time. We can do it for a short period of time, but we don't have the ability to sustain it. And then that contributes to us feeling like a failure, not feeling worthy and deserving and disempowering and self-sabotaging ourselves to keep that negative cycle and flow. So my advice to you is that if you truly are struggling with your mental and physical health right now, you're going to have to take some responsibility and you're going to have to evaluate what your lifestyle practices look like. If you are dependent on convenience, refined, processed foods, if you're consuming a lot of conventional farmed produce and um, meat products, these are playing a role. Whether you want to believe it or not, they are. And 
if you truly want to feel better, you're going to have to start allocating your energy, your time, and your financial resources differently in order to take control of your health. So I'm empowered. I'm glad that I had this test done because it allowed me an opportunity to really take a step back and, and recognize where there is room for growth for me and how I need to reevaluate and rethink the approach that I have currently been taking to my own health and well-being. And it's really exciting because I enjoy growing things. Um, I love to nurture. And so I don't have a yard, but I do have a beautiful rooftop patio where I can invest in either some sort of tower garden or planter, raised bed planters that um, will allow for me to start growing some of my own produce and herbs. You know, these are true medicines. These are the anti-inflammatory alkaline foods that our body needs to off balance the constant state of stress that we're under. If we can at least start adding some of these foods to our diet, it's going to help also raise that of emotional vibration to support a healthier mental well-being and emotional state. And as we start to improve our emotional state by adding these produce items in that are nutrient-dense foods that contain the prebiotics foods that are needed to support the microbiome in our digestive tract, um, it's going to have a trickle effect. You know, it all works symbiotically. And so just by adding an apple and some almond butter as a snack every day, you can start raising that emotional vibrational frequency that's going to increase your energy levels. It's going to help replenish some of these nutrient deficiencies. It's going to help support you in terms of creativity and having motivation and inspiration to take on your heart's desire. I used to feel like shit. I used to get dizzy and pass out and have no energy. And as I slowly started changing my lifestyle habits and incorporating more nutritionally dense foods into my diet, it allowed for me to start taking more on and stepping into my life purpose and allowing myself to discover what my true potential and calling was. And it was truly the most beautiful thing that ever happened. And I feel so empowered that I have the opportunity to share with you all of the challenges, all of the struggles, all of the obstacles that I have faced in my lifetime that I have had the ability to overcome. They have served a purpose. I understand where you're at. I understand how you feel. I can understand what you're going through. I recognize the challenges, but I also know what it looks like if you can just start rethinking your approach and taking small steps to creating new sustainable behaviors that are going to contribute to your mental, 
emotional and physical well-being. And from there, doors just open and sky is the limit. You have infinite possibilities with where you can co-create and take your life and start living your purpose and step into to really understanding what it feels like to be alive. It's amazing. And I'm grateful for you who support me and listen to this podcast and read my post on social media and share with others because we're in trouble, guys. We're in big, big trouble. And we've got to start sharing this information and we have to start empowering one another instead of this cancel culture and all of this criticism that's constantly happening and further divides taking place. We've got to come together. We have to work together and we've got to start doing it at a much smaller scale. We have to start in our own individual communities. We have to start reaching out to each other and supporting one another in any way that we can in order to shift this paradigm that we're in because the future does not look bright if we don't take responsibility and accountability now. The truth is our government is not going to be there for us. They have allowed for these broken systems to continue because they're profitable. We have private insurance in the US. And as a result of that, we have really, really pathetic regulations around what can go in our food, what can go in the supplements that we take. We have this blind, naive belief that the government is protecting us and that as long as it's on the shelf, it must be safe. It's not. It's not. So we have to really think about what we're doing, what we're putting in our body, what we're consuming on a daily basis in order to reclaim our well-being because it's not working. So I'm encouraging you guys to really consider where you're at and where there's a small opportunity for improvement. Like I said, it could be as simple as just starting to go to a farmer's market and purchase an apple that you can have every day. An apple is one of the the best foods we can incorporate in our body to help replenish vitamin, mineral deficiencies, deficiencies, support our digestive health, support the microbiome in our body. You know, that saying of an apple a day keeps a doctor away, it's not coincidence, it's real. So I encourage you, go out, do the research, find your local's farmer market, go purchase an apple, eat one apple for one week, see how it makes you feel. See how different your bowel movements are. See how the bloating and the gas and all of the things start to resolve on their own. See what happens with your energy levels, your quality of sleep, your mood, all of it, the way you're interacting with others. We've got to start opening up our hearts and recognizing that we are all energetic beings of God that carry vibrational frequencies and are interacting with one another at all times. Energy does not lie and we need it. We need it bad. So 
you have to ask yourself, am I eating food that is alive? Does it carry energy or am I eating food that is dead because it's been so heavenly, heavily processed. It's been stripped of all of its nutrients. It has no life to offer us. This is why it's so hard to change because when we're eating those things all of the time, it's keeping us stuck in those negative emotional loops. I hope this information has given you something to think about. And I hope that it's empowered you to recognize that you are not a victim of your genetics, that you are the creator of your life and you have so much power. And together, if we start individually changing our consuming practices together, we can create the change that this world needs in order to sustain humanity and our health and well-being, sustain this planet. I love you all. I appreciate you being there and supporting me and allowing me to live my life purpose and to share my experiences and my knowledge and most importantly, my intuitive knowing with you. Most of us deny that intuition because we're so numbed out. We just don't have that energetic flow in our body to believe in what we feel. But you know that saying, the gut never lies. That's our intuition always speaking to us. So trust your gut, listen to your gut, feed, nourish your body, your mind. And we can start creating that heaven on earth now. It's up to us. We have to step up. We have to rise. I love you all. I encourage you that if this podcast has resonated with you in any way, if it has sparked you to think differently about what you're currently doing, um, please send me a message. Let me know. Does this resonate or not? What are your thoughts on this information? Where do you think we have the ability to start creating change? What can we do? I want to know what your thoughts are and what you're willing to step up and help support. I need you. We need each other. So please share this information. Tell your friends, tell your family, have them listen, share it on your social media. You know, I really haven't asked for a lot of support in terms of sharing and um, tagging and all of those things. But I am today. I'm asking you, please share. Please help support this message. Please. I need you. I need you. We need you. I love you all. Sending all the love and all of the light. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.